What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people. And each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. We did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. I refer first to the need for far greater public information. To the need for far greater official secrecy. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? When I hear your new ideas, I'm reminded of that ad. Where's the beat? They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. Well, Governor, we also have fewer forces and bayonets because the nature of our military has changed. We have these things called aircraft carriers where planes land on them. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. They lined the men up, and suddenly the order was given, Atba el-Yehud, kill all the Jews. Atba el-Yehud, targuta Yehudim. 129 of the Jewish fighters were killed. The Arabs stormed the settlements, plundering, destroying, uprooting, and burning everything in their path. The story of this massacre has become a symbol of Jewish heroic martyrdom in defense of Jerusalem. The date is now enshrined as Israel's Day of Remembrance. By the torchlight of the burning settlements of Etzion, the state of Israel was declared. But for the massacre of Palestinians by Jews at Deir Yassin, there are no memorials, no official anniversary, and the village doesn't even appear on Israeli maps. I believe there will be peace here soon, God willing, so we can get on with our lives and put all of this behind us and live together like we did before. Hanan, are you still the light and they are the darkness? Those Arabs who want to live here under Jewish-Israeli rule, they are welcome. Those who want their own country, a national home of their own, can go to Jordan. After the Israeli victory in the Six-Day War in 1967, Hanan was able to return to Gush Etzion and re-establish the settlement, the first in the newly occupied West Bank. Today, it is one of a ring of settlements surrounding Jerusalem that now contain 275,000 Jews. 
שזכינו וחזרנו. Once we had returned to these lands, no one could then say to us, this land does not belong to you. I can't realize all my dreams, but what I've won, I will not give up. A year after the capture of the old city of Jerusalem, the Israeli government decided to set up a special company to rebuild the Jewish quarter. It still controls the quarter today. In, in 1948, the old Jewish quarter was taken by the Jordanians, yes? And then between 1948 and 1967, what happened? From that time until 1967, Many Arab families took over Jewish houses and Jewish property. The Arabs simply took over without permission. They took over the whole area without any permission at all. They simply came in from other areas of the old city, from the Muslim quarter and from beyond the old city and they took over the Jewish property. Are there still Arabs living in the quarter? No. There are no Arabs in the quarter today, with the exception of Shalshelet Street. No, not only do they not reside here, but the company's regulations state that the Jewish quarter should remain in Jewish hands. In other words, non-Jews cannot live in the Jewish quarter. It's difficult to justify that. Listen. I come from a divided city. I come from a divided city. Belfast, very divided city. And increasingly now, Protestants are living in Catholic areas, Catholics living in Protestant areas. But even though a Jew could live in a Muslim area, and do in Jerusalem, no Muslims can live in the Jewish area. That's correct. I understand what you are getting at, but this area, which was rebuilt, to which the Jews returned, the property belongs to the Jews. So you won't find Jews here who want to sell their property to the Arabs. Today's rebuilt Jewish quarter is more than twice the size it was in 1967. Over the last 40 years, more than 75% of its land has been forcibly expropriated from Palestinians. And the Jewish presence in the rest of the old city is growing too. Jewish religious groups, settlers, have been buying up land. I arranged to meet a long-time inhabitant of the Muslim quarter, Kamal Akawi. You must see Mr. Akawi. Very good to see you. Thank you very much for meeting me. Kamal's family have lived in one of the old city's main streets for the last 200 years. Ever since 1967, there's been a battle in Jerusalem over land. Who owns it and who controls it? No longer is the buying and selling of property just a simple transaction. It has become a deeply political act. The point is, we are in promised land and in holy place. 
This is the Muslim quarter. And we viewed now the Al Haram Sharif. So for us, the land is my identity. So you cannot sell. It's more worth than children, it's more worth than anything, even your life. If you take it, you take my identity. So if this is the Muslim quarter, why are those Israeli flags over there? This is the, the houses being sitting settlers. They took it from the Muslim people and they now staying there. And here in this area, we've been circled by the Jewish around here, there, up there, around here. You must feel as though you're in a siege here. Absolutely. <laughs> they want to make it as a Jewish place. For the last 30 years, groups of Jewish settlers have been spending millions of pounds buying up land in Palestinian areas of the city. One of the most successful is Arya King. He runs his business from an abandoned hotel in East Jerusalem. Is it your vision that all of this should be the ownership of the Jews, the whole of the old city? Is that what you'd like to see in the end? I like to see all of Yerushalayim, not just the old city. All of Yerushalayim. So your aim is to have all the property, if you can, yeah, in Jerusalem, as much as possible. in Jewish hands? Of course. Arya King has a network of informers who help him find Palestinians willing to sell their land. His backers are mostly wealthy foreign Jews determined to increase the Jewish presence in Jerusalem. For me, it's, it's, a, it's giving me a lot of power. You know, when I'm not sleeping, I'm all the time thinking about my work. It's difficult to me to leave Yerushalayim because I'm afraid that something will happen and I will not be here. But and what would happen if a Palestinian, you know, organization discovered that Palestinian Arabs They would be under... Selling, they, selling can, they, they can kill them. They'd be killed? Of course. Really? No doubt. They want also to kill me. Some people, they sell houses, but they are not in the country again and many more. Why not? Otherwise, they will be hanging. They'll be hanged. Yes. They will be killed for selling yes. a house by... By the Palestinians. So, if you sell your land, you're a traitor to your people, a traitor to your heritage. Absolutely. Arya King wanted to show me one of his latest projects in East Jerusalem. He claims to have discovered property once owned by Jews over 70 years ago. And now he is using the Israeli courts to remove the current Palestinian tenants. But we're in East Jerusalem, are, which is the we are in East of Jerusalem. Where, where the Palestinians are a majority. Yeah. And here, you see this old house, this is where Jews lived up to 1936. Uh-huh. And it's still in the process to pay the Arabs out, because they are not the owners. The yeah. owners are still, where all the time, the Jews. You see, the Arabs still living here. Mm -hmm. You see, the woman just now went out. The question was, if we are able to take them out. Uh, and at the end of this, um, uh, Arya, will, will there be no Arabs living in this area? God wish. Come on, what's that up there? It looks like a camera. Yes, there is two cameras. One camera is belong to the police, and the other camera is belong to the settlers there. And they're just watching the people that are coming up on the roofs, and they're trying to find out what the people try to do here or whatever. So you're constantly being watched? All the time, 24 hours. Our plan is, as you see, to build more and more 
small neighborhoods and in the end to connect all, all of the Jewish neighborhood to one big area. Really, your plan is to take it, connect up and take over all of this. Yeah. But there's one thing that's very clear. Yeah. International law has said that Israel's annexation of this land is illegal. That's, okay. inter that's international law. This is international law. And, and you've ignored it. I ignored it. Over the last 40 years, the Israeli government has consistently denied that its annexation of East Jerusalem is illegal. Kamal, what is Jerusalem to you? Jerusalem, let's make it like this. This is a body. And Jerusalem is the heart of the body. And Jerusalem is a heart for us. And without the heart, you cannot live. Like I said about Yerushalayim, it's, you must think, you must, you, you're talking about Yerushalayim every day, tens of times, you mentioning Yerushalayim is part of your life, should be. This is, this, is, this is a fact. I'm a racist. I must be a racist in order to protect my future. For the last 40 years, Israel has been trying to transform Jerusalem into a Jewish city. In the next part, I want to investigate the effect of this policy on the city's Palestinian inhabitants. Forty years after Israel conquered Jerusalem, a bulldozer enters a Palestinian district of the city. Kada Atun arrives as the Israeli government begins to destroy his house. Unable to obtain a permit, he built it illegally. In 1967, when the Israelis captured Jerusalem from Jordan, they were faced with a major problem. The new areas of the city were inhabited by a large population of Palestinian Arabs. Thank you for listening to Public Access America, produced by Public Access Pod. You can find Public Access America on Twitter at Public Access Pod. Discover great new playlists on SoundCloud at Public Access America. Discover our catalog of vintage videos on YouTube at Public Access America. And finally, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. This has been Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.